Gift Biz Unwrapped, Episode 13. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, I'm Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar store, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today, I am thrilled to have with us Danny Noyes. Danny is the new owner of Olga's Day Spa. I say new because she just purchased the prestigious spa last year. And she comes prepared for that with 14 years in the salon and spa industry. She's had roles behind the chair, in management, and also training others. She gives back by being active in the special needs and at-risk communities and is a member of the National Association of Professional Women. Danny's been married for six years and has a darling four-year-old son who is anticipating a new baby brother in the fall. You're having quite an exciting couple of years here, Danny. Yes, I've kept my plate very full. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Is there anything else you would like to add to your introduction before we get started? Nothing that I can think of. Well, we like to align the conversation around the life of a motivational candle. The light shines on you while you share your stories and experiences. So, Danny, shall we light it up? We shall. So let's talk about your candle. What color would your candle be? My candle would be green. Ooh, green. What shade of green? I tend to prefer a bright grass or lime green. And what motivational quote would be on that candle? One of my favorites is, I think, applicable both personally and professionally. And it is a Maya Angelou quote that says, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you do, but people will never forget how you made them feel. So appropriate to your business as well. Absolutely. Let's go back to the beginning of your journey. And I know that educationally, your degree was in musical theater. That's correct. How did you make the jump and decide to get into more of the spa pampering type industry? Give us, give us the story. I think as unrelated as they seem to sound, um, there's definitely a creative aspect to both fields. And as I realized what the lifestyle of a, an actress and a, a person, a professional in theater would entail, which was constantly moving and employment and unemployment, I found that I wasn't sure that that was the life I really wanted to live. Coming from a long line of hairdressers in my family, both grandmother and mother, I decided to try going to cosmetology school after I graduated from college. And Completed that and worked in a salon where I worked part-time while I was in beauty school as a front desk coordinator. And I got to see the other side of the business, not just the behind the chair side, but the side that was uh, more of the business end and the customer service end. And I really fell in love with it and found it very interesting. And I was rapidly promoted and found that while I enjoyed my work behind the chair, I really enjoyed the business end of it better. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So you've been working at different salons or spas over the course of the last few years. How did it come to be that you landed on Olga's? Tell us that story. Olga's was sort of a funny happenstance. I had taken a year off to be a stay-at-home mom and try that out and see if I wanted to spend 
my all my time in my days with my little guy. Turns out I love him a lot, but I'm a working girl and I really missed my job. Um, and I really missed all of the things that came with that. And it was my creative outlet and my motivation and I needed to go back to it. So as I began looking and really focusing on finding something that I truly wanted to do and be or a company or truly wanted to be with um, and not settling, Olga's actually found me. There was a, a gentleman who is a, an investor in the company that was part of the transition from the original owner. And he was able to source me out through LinkedIn and they contacted me and we connected and found that we could work together well. And, and uh, it all came together from there. Okay, so this is really interesting. Let's talk about this a little bit in terms of LinkedIn, because I think a lot of people understand that platform. They see that it is for professional purposes. But I think there's a big question out there as to whether that platform actually brings results. So you started on LinkedIn and talk about your profile. Like what did you put in your profile? How did you fill everything out there? Sure. I really made a point to take pieces of my resume that I was very proud of. And in placing my previous experience on the profile, I embellished those different areas with the things that I was proud of accomplishing so that those things were highlighted. And that was the first part of what people saw about my work history. I also reached out to some of my former colleagues, some of my coworkers, and some of the technicians that worked under me as a manager and asked them to endorse me for certain skills or endorse me for any skills they felt that I deserved an endorsement for. And I asked for recommendations, asked people to write me recommendations. It's a little strange to ask someone to do that, but I was surprised at, at the happy responses I got from many people. And, and of course, that always is a great way to showcase how you work with others and how you work on a team. And that was a great thing to kind of fill out that profile. So you were focusing on just putting a very professional representation of yourself on LinkedIn. Absolutely. Were you looking for some type of a business acquisition opportunity? Not necessarily. I just was really looking for some place that was going to be challenging and offer a lot of growth. I had gotten to a point with my career where I had been in a lot of different areas of the salon and spa industry. And I just wanted to to have something new that I hadn't done before. And while the management aspect of my current job is, you know, something I already knew, there's a whole other level of responsibility and business ownership. And so it wasn't necessarily something I was seeking, but I was certainly seeking a place to grow and a place to learn. So gift biz listeners a true endorsement of that LinkedIn profile. So number one, you're not up on LinkedIn at all. Or if you don't have your profile fully filled out, I would advise you go back and look at that because just like with Danny, she had no idea she was going to be contacted for a really great opportunity for her future. So let's talk about that. So then a gentleman made contact with you. Mm -hmm. And was he just reaching out to you to see to chat with you? Or did he talk to you about the opportunity of possibly purchasing Olga's right away? It was initially just sort of a feel you out situation. Um, I went to meet with him and his uh, director of marketing for his other company. And we just sort of discussed what the state of the business was, the changes that needed to be made and sort of where he had hoped to see it go and was just sort of looking for a partner in that that had some experience in this industry. 
that could couple with his business experience. So that was really it. And, it, and from there, it turned out to be um, that we sort of put together a, a plan and a vision. Fabulous. So he was an investor and he was looking for someone in the industry who had expertise. Exactly. Got it. Okay. So you have that conversation. Now, what do you do when you go home to tell your husband that you want to do this? Well, I did have a little great leverage because um, I had gone through a a later in life career change with him. And that required a lot of extra hours of work on his part, which, by the way, required a lot of extra hours of care for a little guy on my part and late evenings of work and weekends of work. So I got to go home and say, now it's my turn. There you go. (laughs) All is fair, right? (laughs) Well, and now you've been up and active for a whole year. And I know because the spa is right downstairs here from my office, which is how we know each other. And it's beautiful and it's thriving and clearly a success. That's for sure. Thank you so much. But I know and I want to focus just now on this first year I know that business isn't always fun. It's not like you just got started and everything was rosy and everything went smoothly. There had to have been some bumps along the way. Can you take us to a time over this past year where there was a struggle, kind of like that flame that you had, that excitement for the business started to dwindle? Sure, absolutely. I think the the whole idea of this business was a little tricky from the beginning simply because it was a business that had quite a legacy to it. Olga's had been here for 31 years before I even walked in the door. So the biggest challenge was finding a balance of sort of keeping the legacy and what was good of the legacy. And also at the same time, changing the perception of the business to appeal to a whole new set of customers and a whole new demographic. And how do you do that? We had technicians that had worked here for 13, 18, 20 years who have clients that had been coming here just as long. And we had technicians that had worked here for a year or two who had newer clients. So it was a struggle to really figure out how to sort of rebrand the spa and not alienate the current customers and at the same time, appeal to the, the younger demographic that we were trying to capture coming in here. I kind of tried to tailor our motto for the business around it. It was elegance of a legacy with a contemporary twist. So that the people that were already here still felt like they had a place and were going to be treated the same way and that things weren't going to change for them so that they you know, would remain loyal but so that the new clients we were trying to attract also felt like there was something new to offer for them, that we were going to bring in some new services and some fresh faces and simple things like even just a new look and remodel of the actual physical building in order to change that perception a little bit. But it's taken a long time. It's been a really tricky process. You kind of have a fine line because you want to, for both employees and customers, You want to have the good of the past, but also pave the way for the future and try and balance both of those at the same time. Absolutely. Were there any other challenges with that transition that you could chat with us about in terms of a specific issue and how you overcame maybe a certain customer that was having concerns or a certain situation or maybe a certain section in the salon? I think one of the big things was as the market of spas and salons were changing, there's been a lot of nail specific shops that have popped up uh, around recently um, where there's just, you know, a little store and 
all they do is is manicures and pedicures and, and nail services. Um, and while that's one component of our business, it's not the whole thing. And and we were trying to find a way to really build that piece of the business up again and find a way to compete with the nail specific shops with still being good neighbors and good members of the business community with those shops around us. So that was one very specific challenge and it focused a lot around pricing and around being competitive with that, but also trying to keep us with the image of being higher end and being luxury and still being cost effective. So that was one really specific challenge. Coupling together all of those things, can we can we charge um, the rates that are in the market right now for the services? Can I pay the technicians what I feel they should be paid? Can we get the materials we need to at a great cost and still at the end of the day, find a little profit in that? So that was one really tricky piece of it. And you've also done some creative things with your downstairs space. We have. We're trying to find a use for a large room that I don't know if it ever had any specific purpose at one point, but it happened to have mirrors on the walls and it was too big to be a treatment room, um, a little too small to be a party room. We ended up finding a great yoga instructor who teaches private and small group classes. And it seemed like a great fit to sort of add an inner and outer beauty portion of our business. And so that was a great little add-on and a little new, uh, again, another new little twist to our business that was appealing to a new demographic. Really interesting because then you had this space and you retrofitted the service into the space and then also saw how that it could also merge within the whole umbrella of a salon and spa. Interesting approach also for our listeners to consider in terms of their workspace, especially if they're in a retail situation. You know, what other kinds of things a little bit outside the box could you be using some of your space for to bring in some added revenue? Absolutely. And it's turned out to be very mutually beneficial for both our yoga instructor and for us because Regardless of their interest in either end of the services, they're walking through the space and they're meeting our people and we're meeting her people. And, um, you know, naturally we end up helping each other grow their business. Very creative solution, too, I have to say. Danny, can you share with us some type of a promotion or an event that you've done this past year that's really made a difference? Like it's brought in new customers or it's increased sales or somehow helped catapult the sales of your services? Sure, absolutely. One thing I always feel is a great way to build business, especially when you've done a remodel on a space and you're trying to change perception of a place that maybe area customers and in Highland Park and the in the North Shore area is very uh, locally focused. So a lot of these people had been in Olga's but hadn't been in for 10 or 15 or 20 years. And so how do we re- reintroduce them? So one of the big things that I focused on was doing events and trying to get people, just get them back in the door and let them see how it's changed and let them feel how it's changed. So we did a lot of partner events with other local businesses. We did Girls Night Out. We spent a lot of time really promoting that on our website and through some other digital media that, you know, if you want to plan a little girls night out or a shower or something like that with girlfriends, we're the place to call. And we've been very successful with it. We've had some really great groups. We've had some corporate groups come in. We've had some just groups of girlfriends. We've had bridal showers. We've had a baby shower. And it's really worked out very nicely to get people in the door that might not have otherwise walked in. And it's almost always resulted in bookings of services from the people that came in for the events. We try to also always offer some kind of a booking incentive 
for the, the guests of the events. So, for example, if we had a group of girls coming in for a, a little vino and pampering night, offer them 10% off any service that they booked that night of the, the event. So then it gives them an extra little reason to, to, to become a customer and try us out further. So that's really worked out well. And, and it's a great way to open the doors and, and get the word out and show people how it's changed. And so these events, are they always then after hours or before hours or when you're closed? It's not during regular services time. We've actually done both. Typically, they are after hours or on days that we're not open. However, um, we, we've done a couple that have taken place, right? We did, we did a lunch just a couple of weeks ago, a group of interns that were working for a, a marketing firm and their boss wanted to treat them. So we had a little lunch manicure party for them. Oh, how nice is that? Yeah. I bet they, they loved that. <laughs> well, yes. So you've talked a little bit as you started, you know, rebranding Olga's, you've talked about how you needed to make sure to retain existing customers and some of the services and and the types of things that you had to do during your transition, you know, as you were establishing into air quotes, the new Olga's. Mm -hmm. What other things are you looking at doing moving forward in terms of the customer service and to make your customers feel unique and valued? There's a couple components to that. One of them is that we really strive and focus to find out what's important to each customer. It's just not always the same. And finding that out as early on as possible so that we can sort of tailor how we cater to them based on their needs. And I think that makes people feel like VIPs. If we can focus what we're giving to them or what we're suggesting to them to meet specifically what they want. Examples might be, Clients that have been coming for a really long time and that are loyal already, we want to sort of say, okay, we're not just going to always give the bonuses and the rewards to those first time clients or those people walking in the door for the very first time, but we want to give you guys a little something too. So we created a, a great loyalty program that's very simple to use and doesn't require them to carry around a card or anything. We do all the tracking and all they have to do is punch their phone number into a kiosk when they arrive for their appointment. And so every third visit those clients get some kind of little reward and it changes periodically. And they seem to really appreciate that and really like that. So that was sort of a focus for our already established, already loyal customers. With our new clients that are coming in and that we're finding are satisfied with our services and and leaving happy, we created a new referral program for them to try and get them to tell their friends, of course, about us by giving them credits for each client that they refer. So I think the big piece of it is just focusing on what what does each client want? What's their value? And if it's just that they want to be left alone and read their book while they get a pedicure, then so be it. That's what we do. But it's really just about finding out that that little thing that makes them happy and make, making sure that we're catering exactly to what they want specifically. So do you have like a file on each customer or how does it work? How does that information get retained over time? We definitely carefully track everything and not not to sound big brothery, but if there's a note made that Jane Smith likes, always likes a cup of black tea, then that goes in her notes and it pops up every time she comes in the door. So when we check her in for a service, our front desk coordinators, as well as our technicians have that little 
visual reminder. And hopefully one between the two of them or someone else that's got a moment, we have that hot black tea for Jane Smith every time she walks in the door and she no longer has to ask for it. If it means that another client always likes extra heat on the table for their massage, we take a moment to make sure that note goes in so that regardless of which therapist they see, we know that we've turned that table heater up to high and that that guest is going to come in and be comfortable immediately again without having to say anything to us. So we really try to make sure that we're capturing every little detail so everyone feels like they're really cared for. That's fabulous. Now, is that a software package that's exclusive to your industry or just a program that you use on the computer? No, um, I mean, it's a program, a POS system that has some CRM capabilities and does a lot of reporting and accounting as well, but it's something anyone can purchase. It's called Millennium. It's a great system. In the 14 years I've worked in this industry, it's probably one of the best I've seen, and I've seen a lot of them. And essentially, they all have the same core function for scheduling and for point of sale and all that, but um, this one is really robust. With reporting, you can get any piece of information you could ever possibly want. It does allow you to track a lot of information. Thank you for sharing that with us. Sure. Okay, we're going to roll right now into our reflection section. This is a look at you and what's helped you be successful along the way. Danny, what would one natural trait of yours be that has helped you to succeed? For me, it's it's mostly that I have a genuine love of of meeting new people and getting to know new people and also to learn from them. I think this bodes well for both the customer service end of my job, as well as the managerial end of my job. I get that both from technicians and from clients. I love to get to know my staff and my technicians and get to know their personalities. And regardless of their level of experience versus my level of experience, there's always something I can learn from each each person. They all have a little unique something to offer. And ultimately, that's a great gain for me, no matter what. And I love to find out what motivates each technician that I work with and what makes them happy. And that translates the same way into the customers. I love to get to know them and their lives and their families and learn from them what's going to make them a happy customer because ultimately that makes me a better business owner. It's definitely a business where you need personality. And we've all been in situations where someone tries, but it just doesn't come naturally. You know, they're saying hello or they're chatting with you, but they really don't take interest or they're just chatting because they're supposed to, but it's really not genuine. And I know from you, I mean, we can just hear it in your voice right now how genuine that interest really is. What tool do you use regularly to keep productive or to help create balance in your life? I am a big believer in, they sort of go together, a a calendar and a weekly business plan. What do you use for your calendar? I I just use Google. I just use a basic Google calendar. It's nothing fancy. I like it because I can color code it. (laughs) And so I I can keep track of the, the who's and the what's in my life by color. So do you have like a calendar for business and then calendar personal and your family, that type of thing? I don't. It's all in one big thing, but that's that's where the colors come in. So if it's related to my son, it's yellow. If it's rated, related to my husband, it's green. If it's work-related, it's purple. And so I know, you know, just from the colors of everything that what the subject is, so to speak. Um, and I'm a big fan of the weekly business plan. And what I mean by that is really a very simple task, but just at the beginning of each week, I put together sort of a maybe three to four big objectives that I want to accomplish in the course of the week. By big, I don't mean change the world kind of big, but just objectives that are going to take maybe more than two to three tasks to complete. 
with those objectives, I break down into tasks and then I take the tasks and put those over the course of the week. So you seriously do that? You seriously write all that every week? I seriously do that every week. Wow, that is impressive. While it sounds complicated, it becomes easier over time. And it really helps me to stay focused on what I really need to get done. And not to say that there aren't weeks that go by that they don't get everything done. I don't. But at least I can then take the four tasks that I didn't get done and I can say, okay, those need to go to Monday the next week. It helps keep me accountable to myself, I suppose. So it's something a boss, former supervisor of mine taught me in my very, very first job. And it's stuck with me. You know, there was, I believe it was a Harvard study done years ago, and I don't have all the details, but the gist is that they took a couple of graduating classes and had one of the classes write down what specifically their goals were for the future. And then another class they didn't do that for. And then they tracked them like 20 years later, they went back to check up on everybody. And the ones who had written down their goals were far more successful than the others. And it's incredible because they all have high quality education, but they were contributing it to specifically writing things down. You know, and stay. I think it. I think it has to do with exactly what you're saying, Danny. Staying focused, keeping on track, then throughout the whole week. Because even if you don't get every single task done under one of your objectives, you don't lose it because it just goes on then to the next week. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good. It's it's worked well for me. It sure sounds like it has. <laughs> what book have you read lately that you think that our listeners could find value in? I read recently a whole lot of nonfiction historical stuff, which is probably irrelevant, but not too terribly long ago, I read a Malcolm Gladwell book called The Outliers, which was, I think I read it after the hype a little bit, but um, I know my husband had read it and he, he really liked it and enjoyed it. So I did go ahead and read it. And I feel like while it's not necessarily a business book or business self-help related kind of situation, it is a unique way to challenge us to see other or perhaps not so obvious opportunities for success, whether it's in ourselves or in others. The book itself focuses on what the other reasons are that people are successful beyond obvious things like maybe being really smart or maybe being really ambitious. So those are obvious sort of reasons for success, but what are other things that factored in? What are the other variables that factored in that maybe helped make one person that graduated from Harvard successful versus another person that graduated from Harvard? I think it just it's just a great way to challenge us to kind of see things from a different perspective or a more skewed perspective. Interesting. Sounds like maybe there's some secrets in that book. <laughs> Gift Biz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. I've teamed up with Audible for you to be able to get an audiobook just like Danny's recommending for free. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection. That's giftbizbook.com. Okay, we are entering into my favorite part of the interview, and that is the Dare to Dream section. Danny, I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. This is your dream or goal of almost unreachable heights that you'd wish to obtain. Please accept this gift, open it in our presence, and tell us what's inside. I would have the box contain the ability to time travel. Ooh, where are you going? Where am I going? I don't know that I'm going anywhere specific, but certainly into the past. And the reason I say this is very specific to my industry with the focus on service, because I feel as if 
there's so much to be learned from how business owners treated people in the past and how the level of service was so utterly important and profound to them that it, it sort of superseded any and all other parts of the business. And it came from such a pure and honest place. I think a little bit of that has been lost over time. And I, I think that's a really unique way to go back and look at how we can be great service providers, whether it be in a retail atmosphere or in a service atmosphere. It gives us that really unique ability to find out how we can treat people with utmost respect and the utmost level of service. I've never thought about it that way, but you're right. I mean, if you try and think back to... I don't know, call it the olden days or whatever. The communities were smaller, so everybody knew everybody else. And if you went into the main store, you know, people extended credit. Everybody knew everybody. Everyone knew preferences, just like you're talking about, you know, with your CRM system. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. We probably have lost that a little bit along the way. Really some food for thought, you know, with your gift. That's for sure. Danny, how can our listeners get in touch with you or come visit if they're in the area? The spa is located at 500 Central Avenue in Highland Park, Illinois. We are also very accessible online at www.olgasdayspahighlandpark.com. We have links to all of our other social media on that website. The phone number to the spa is 847 433-8812. You're welcome to give us a call as well. And gift business listeners, as you know, all of this information is all documented over on the show notes page. So if you're out walking your dog or working out or doing something where you're not near pen and paper, you can just go to giftbizunwrapped.com and you'll see Danny's show notes page with all the information there. Thank you so much, Danny, for taking your time today and sharing your remarkable journey. I really appreciate it, and may your candle always burn bright. Thank you to my pleasure. Learn how to work smarter while developing and growing your business. Download our guide called 25 Free Tools to Enhance Your Business and Life. It's our gift to you and available at giftbizunwrap.com slash tools. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us for the next episode. Would you like to be on the show? Or do you know someone who can provide valuable insight from their experiences? If so, we'd love to hear from you. All you need to do is submit a form for consideration. You can access the form at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash guest. That's giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash G-U-E-S-T. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to your gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. 